This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back, everybody, to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I am joined by my co-host, Chase Dude. We're sitting just under 70 days from deer season. Today did not do anything to help my excitement for this upcoming fall. Yeah, man, we just had a, a good episode with uh, Tony Young, and it, every time every time we do an episode now, we're talking to Florida hunters. It just gets me more fired up and <laughs> uh, wanting to to be out in the woods. Um, I, I'm trying to still trying to resist the urge of going out as much as uh, possible, uh, mainly just because it's hot and all the uh, chiggers and ticks are out, and snakes and everything else, but. Uh, as each day passes, I know we are getting closer uh, to deer season, and I'm just waiting for those uh, trail cam picks to start coming in so I can know what I'm going to be going after. Yeah, I've got uh, five, six trail cameras that I need to put out, a couple more uh, hopefully on the way here soon, and getting close, dude. I'm trying not to go up and pull that one I put up on Georgia <laughs> two weeks ago. I'd like to give it like another two weeks, but I'm, I'm, I'm jonesing to, to get up back up there and scout some more. Cause I found some freaking persimmon trees, dude, which I haven't found a, a, a boatload of persimmons like this in quite some time. So I'm, uh, I feel pretty good uh, that if those trees, I'm probably check them in late August, if they're holding, man, I know where I'm going to be coming open, opening weekend. That's for dang sure. Yeah, and they, uh, Georgia starts a little bit sooner than yeah. uh, our season does, so you'll get to you'll get to get out there a little bit sooner a than whole, the rest a of whole us. Week on top of you, man. I... <laughs> have yeah. You ever, have you ever hunted hunted over a persimmon tree that's dropping? No, I haven't ever uh, found any persimmon trees where I hunt that actually produce. Really? Yep. Yep. Never never found one that's uh, per- now. I've found persimmon trees, but I wasn't hunting. Sure. On those properties that were like the mother load of persimmon right, trees. That was right. ridiculous, but I, I wasn't hunting those properties. So never, uh, never hunted over a uh, persimmon. I, I know the deer love them, but I know oh they don't gosh. last very long. So it's, it's a short window. Yeah. I, when, when I used to hunt over them in Southeast Georgia, I swear I like to, to hunt them on days that were like kind of gusty, not like, like blow you out of the tree, but 
kind of every once in a while you got a good gust of wind because I swear that when you know the breeze would hit the tree and, and a dozen or more persimmons would hit the ground, all of a sudden the woods would come alive. Like the raccoons would start running over, deer and hogs would come running over. It's just it's like ringing the dinner bell, dude. It's like a a, a straight natural deer feeder for the for the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, that that's nature's deer feeder for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I like I said I wish I had some, but uh, yeah. I don't. So, well, I got some seeds. You can sprout them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this week's episode was with Tony Young. Um, if, if if you're not native to Florida, you may not know who he is, but he's a singer, songwriter, and a good outdoorsman as well. He kills some really good deer, and uh, today we picked his brain just kind of on hunting in this area. He hunts about an hour east of me, and uh, he he shared some really good knowledge for for people. I think. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's an area that I'm not super familiar with. Uh, I've gone up and hunted with you a few times, uh, but it's still just a little bit further west than what you actually hunt. Uh, so it was it was good to hear. Um, and some of the stuff I was kind of like, he had a big lease that he was on, and there was the deer numbers weren't what he thought they were going to be on yeah. on that big lease. Um, so that was interesting to know. Sometimes you have the same issue where you, you don't have the deer numbers that I have down here or even close to the deer numbers that, that I have down here. So it's just always interesting to get different viewpoints from people throughout the state to kind of know what they are dealing with when they hunt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was it was kind of good to hear that from him because he talked about a couple different properties, one of which was, was loaded with deer, the other which... Uh, was pretty scarce and it kind of reaffirmed what I've always felt here and we've talked about on the podcast numerous times now is deer in pockets here it's not like a lot of other places where you can go just about anywhere and find deer you kind of have to to sort out a lot of spots and and find a good spot which you know you may have to get a little unconventional Um, but you know Tony's written a couple songs you might enjoy uh, Buck Fever and then the what's the turkey hunting one man waiting on Tom waiting on Tom that's right um, you've probably heard that on, on, on TV. He said NWTF uses it. And I recognize that now that he says that. Um, so good guy, man. It was a good dialogue. Hopefully the next time we do this, we can do it in person. I think he'd be, I think he'd be an excellent in-person podcast. Yeah. I mean, he's not too far from where you're at, so it wouldn't be too no. difficult. No, no, we know right where to find him. But, uh, dude, we got some big news. We got some really big news this episode and I have been excited all day uh, to talk about that. We've got to announce the winner of the Phantom Saddle. And uh, I got to say, I, I, th- this has had me excited all freaking day. I've been amped. Uh, last week Last week I wasn't able to compile everybody and put it into a generator in time for the episode. So now we get to do that. And uh, the winner of that saddle is Herbert Long. Herbert, if you're listening to the podcast, do me a favor, shoot me your address so that I can verify it matches what's in Patreon. I'm actually going to probably just reach out to you here in a little bit and tell you uh, <laughs> as well. Just, But uh, congratulations, buddy. Yeah, man. He doesn't just get the Phantom. He gets accessories that come along yep. with a Phantom through Tethered. So that's great. And now we get to look forward to uh, the next quarter giveaway, which was by uh, Timber Ninja Outdoors, right? The, yep. They're carbon sticks. So that's, yep. that's going to be a, another great item for somebody. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting my hands on those sticks as well. Yeah, no, that's going to be, it's going to be awesome, man. To, given a set of three C1 carbon fiber sticks, um, you know, we've got a podcast. You can go back and look to it and, and listen to it rather. Um, 
Jason's an awesome guy. Tyler Ross, Jordan Hotchkiss, those guys are heavily involved with it. And, and as far as I know, Chase, it's the only stick on the market with a three-year warranty, carbon fiber or none. It comes with a friggin' three-year warranty. I, that's nuts to me. Yeah, that that's phenomenal. Three years for a set of sticks. But, I mean, I, those things are built to last beyond three years, and yeah. I'm sure that they have that much faith in their product to be able to stick a three-year warranty on it. Yes, absolutely. They have paid and gone through the same rigorous process that every tree stand goes through to prove that it's worthy. So if you've got any doubts about carbon fiber, just uh, go online and, and look at what they published. They, they showed the test. They put videos up there, and uh, they have gone through rigorous testing to make sure that you're safe. So you're getting an excellent product with an excellent warranty that's safety approved, and all you have to do is join Patreon. This last giveaway was open to anybody, but this giveaway will only be for the Patreon subscribers. So if you haven't joined already, take a look at it. The link is in the show notes, so all you have to do is scroll down. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just click the link in the show notes there as well. We've made it real easy for you. Patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. And for everyone who has joined recently, just want to give you a big shout out once again. Say thanks. And if you're waiting on a hat at the end of July, we are putting in an order and we will get those hats out to you. And I got a boatload of stickers that are going out uh, probably this week as well. So check your mailboxes. You got some goodies coming. Yep. That's awesome. So why don't we get to uh, the episode, man? That's what they're waiting to hear. That's it. Let's do it. All right. On the line, we've got Tony Young. Dude, how are you? I'm great, man. Great to uh, great to finally meet you guys, or at least at least on the phone. And and uh, and thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tony, you're you're a household name up here on the Panhandle. Um, <laughs> I've heard about you for a long time now from amongst uh, several different friends, and I've got to watch you on YouTube. And I'm just happy to have you on the line to talk some deer hunting because we're sitting right now. Depending on where you want to drive to, we could be what I think right at 70 days away from Zone C opening up. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, archery uh, up here always in Zone C always starts uh, right there around mid-September. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're close. I swear, I was just I was just bemoaning the end of turkey season, and here we are, and it's almost deer season, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think about it with it being so humid and, and raining every day. But but we need the rain. But yeah, it'll be here before we know it. I've just been doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of fishing and a lot of boating, you know, saltwater fishing and freshwater fishing, and uh, but and I. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I guess part of what's making me not feel it as much is I kind of lost my, my lease. And so normally I would be, you know, uh, I would have planted some, you know, my summer food plots and I would have been going out there and checking that and kind of checking some cameras. And so I, I, you know, I wasn't able to do that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, that, that always gets me in the mood. And, and so I guess, I, I guess because I haven't been doing that, I haven't been thinking about it as much. So what, what's your backup plan, dude? Well, I mean, I got, I'm checking with, I'm checking different leases. I mean, I had a couple, couple people call me today and, uh, I've, I've looked at some other things and, you know, it's either for me, the reason I haven't pulled the trigger yet, it's either too many members per acre or it's a little too far away or the turkey hunting doesn't also come with it. Um, that's separate or just, you know, or, or I've called and it's just been, or I've, I've called, I've, I've checked up on it and checked with some people that have been on it and they, they kind of gave me the lowdown. So, um, it, you know, I just haven't, I haven't found, uh, the right, uh, the right lease for me yet. Um, I, there's still a chance that we're, what I had was I had a great, 
situation. I had, uh, but I, I was only there like a year and a half. But me and, and one other guy, uh, just two of us, we had 400 acres in, in Jefferson County um, near Monticello. And from where I live, I could walk out my door and go through the gate in 15 minutes. Oh, man. So, you know, it just it just makes it where you can scout a lot easier. You can hunt a lot more. You know, you can get in and, you know, get in an hour or two before work or something, you know, uh, or, or, or after work, you know. Um, you know, like some, some like some golfers like to knock off a little early on Wednesday and get in a round of 18. You know, I could go, you know, set for a couple hours. Um, you could check cameras. I mean, there was just filling feeders, you know, whatever. Um, and it was just two of us on 400 acres. And we killed, um, we killed five long beards this past spring Good on that Lord. 400 acres. And one lease that I was, that was being offered to me. And I don't want to t- say where it is or anything, but it's, it's in the same County. Uh, they, I think they had 3,500 acres. Zero turkeys were killed this spring. On it. Mm. And we killed five. I mean, five stud birds off of 400 acres. So, you know, I, but there's a chance that that the landowner, we're going to check with them in September. There's a chance that we might be able to get back on. But otherwise, man, my plan B is uh, I've got like a little five-acre spot um, on Asheville Highway, 146. It's east of Monticello that I've got for free. You know, it is what it is. You know, you got to draw them in. And then I've got, um, I got a place, I got another small acres track. It's like 30 acres in Bascom, which is uh, in the extreme northeast corner of Jackson County, very close to the Alabama line and, you know, real near the Chattahoochee River in, the, you know, in, in Georgia. Um, and I killed my third 100-class uh, buck of the season last year there. And it was, the, it's got a lot of hurricane damage, but I really feel like I, I really feel like if I, just leave that place alone like it did last year and don't and don't even step foot on it until january i really think i got a good chance of killing another um another good buck there so i got two places um you know one's uh the, the early rut one's the late rut and they both don't cost me any money so if you know worst case scenario i'm looking for maybe like a turkey lease you know because both those places don't have turkeys um so i'm looking for maybe um and I got a couple. I got a couple options um, that people are looking out for me. And there's a uh, there's like a thousand acres over near Lake Talquin that I think there's three guys that deer hunt on, and none of them turkey hunt. So if they kind of sublease the turkey rights to me, then it will cost them each less money uh, to deer hunt on. So anyway, I'm 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 always I'm working on something. Uh, we'll see yeah it, it sounds like it well before we uh dive in too deep tony why don't you give everybody like the drone view of who tony young is i i guess i guess you said you've heard of me because i'm so old i've i've, I've uh I'm, 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 I'm older than you guys i can tell by your pictures and, uh, so um and uh but I've, I've been in this i've been here uh in in tallahassee uh I, I wasn't born here i was born in tampa so i'm a i am a native Floridian. but i've been here since i was five so i've been here a long time i went to high school here at lincoln uh, i went to florida state university for um you know for, for college um played a little baseball not not at florida state but uh you know uh had used to i had my own um for a little while, I had my own like hunting and fishing show on the local NBC 40 station, just 
really been uh i'm a musician i guess uh um that's and and where that might fall into it is i i um i'm a country artist i go up to nashville and record songs and i got a working band here that that we play you know a few times a month but but i happen to write a song a few years back um and, I, and i'm not the guy that writes just country or, or excuse me that just writes hunting songs but i happen to have some find some success with a with a song i wrote uh, i i I thought I'd written a uh, a clever uh, turkey hunting song and uh, called "Waiting on Tom," and I, I guess it was about I think it was 2014, maybe or maybe it was 2012. I mean, time really flies. But I uh, I wrote it, went up to Nashville, recorded it, and then I remember before I mixed it down and everything, I remember that I had met you know that I was friends with uh, a guy named Scott Ellis, who was arguably uh, Florida's best competitive turkey caller probably for the last 20 years um and he and i met at i think it was the big buck expo which is uh the largest hunting trade show in the state down in lakeland and we hit it off he said that he picked and sang a little bit um and i remember the first night we we entertained people at at the pool till probably three in the morning till they till they till the hotel security shut us down but you know, just out there just picking and singing. And anyway, so when I did, when I recorded that song, I was like, you know, I wonder if Scott might want to sing on this with me. And I, and so I, I sent him the song and he loved it and said, heck yeah, man, I'd love to sing on this. So I said, well, come up here. I got a studio up here we can use. I'll, we'll take out some of my vocals and replace them with yours. And, and while you're up here, let's, let's, let's record a music video as well. And, uh, so we did all that in one weekend and had um, Rebecca Wolf. I don't know if you know who that is. She's from Dixie County, but she's kind of one of those Internet uh, beauty uh, hunting girls, you know, that looks good in a bathing suit and, and loves to hunt. And uh, she, she's kind of the star in the video. And anyway, but he got the song to to, to the National Wild Turkey Federation and uh, John Brown, the executive producer of um, Turkey Call of their TV show, he, he told me when he called me, he said, man, as soon as he heard it, he said, man, I want that song. And so uh, NWTF has been real good to me um, uh, in, in paying to, uh, to use the song. And because of that, I've got a lot of iTunes sales that every month, especially when turkey season rolls around. You know, it's, you know, it's a seasonal song. Yeah. It's almost like Christmas songs. You know, every, every spring it. I really get a, a resurgence of, uh, of iTunes sales and, and I get good royalty checks from BMI because of it. So it's, it's definitely a song that's, uh, paid for a lot of my songs that lo- that have lost money. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's, I guess that's, uh, that's awesome, man. I guess that's me. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm a native Floridian, uh, right here, raised up here in the red Hills of, of Tallahassee. And I, I love the outdoors, um, and uh, and I and I love playing music, and it it was just kind of neat, um, kind of it's been neat finding some success um, combining my two passions, you know, uh, with 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 music and with the outdoors. And then I I wrote another song a year later, and Scott Ellis actually was the one that was like, "Hey man, I think you, I think this is gonna be pretty good for you. If I was you, I'd I'd have something else, you know, to be able to follow it up with." So I. So I wrote a deer hunting song called Buck Fever, and um, uh, that that's you know that's done pretty well for me. And then and then just lately, 
uh, the last song I released is a song called Gator Man about gator hunting. So I told you earlier I wasn't the guy who writes or who, who writes uh, only songs about hunting, but um, I have written those three. And I actually I wrote a song a while back called The Coonhound Blues. So I, I write about things that that I'm passionate about, and I've had some friends say, "Man, you need to you need to write a duck hunting song." But but the thing is, I'm not a duck hunter, and I'm going to keep it real, and I'm mm. going to write about what I know about and, and uh, you know, anybody that heard me sing a duck hunt song that knew me, they'd be like, man, you don't know anything about duck hunt. Huh? <laughs> don't ask me to write. <laughs> that'd, be, that, that'd be like me trying to talk about killing big bucks. <laughs> just, that just doesn't well, work. Man, I tell you, <laughs> I, I've not really killed, you know, this was the best year I've ever had, or, or last year was the best year, the best year hunting season I've ever had in my life. And, you know, a lot of it, I mean, and I, I guess I equate that to a couple things. I mean, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm learning, you know, as a hunter every year, I think I'm learning more. That's, that's helping me be more successful, but also, you know, I think with the, I really think with the state, you know, um, having these, um, you know, antler restrictions and, and making it where, you know, everyone, if they're, if they're abiding by the law, everyone is having to let these young bucks walk. Um, that's got to help. I mean, that's just common sense. That's got to help. And, um, uh, and also I, I paid, you know, for the first time, um, in my life, I paid, you know, a lot of money for, for a good lease. And that, that obviously, you know, you, you kind of get what you pay for. So for so many years, I was just hunting in places where there weren't big bucks and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, uh, fishing in a swimming pool, you know, I mean, you, 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 you can put that cast right there up against the bank of the sun pool and you can work that worm or whatever you're doing just right. But if there ain't any fish in the pool, you're not going to get a bite. So it's, you can't kill big bucks where there's no big bucks. And, uh, but I, you know, it's, um, I, I finally, uh, I don't like to part with money, you know, and, uh, and I'm kind of cheap, I guess. Oh, yeah. I try to do things without it or without paying, you know, as little as I can for it. But, you know, I really had a good deer season and, I, it's so that lifestyle of, of hunting and stuff and taking my wife and even taking my kids a little bit is so important to me that I really finally realized that like, look, you know, people that play golf, like my dad, they pay more, more money to, you know, to to be in a country club. So, um, this is my country club and, uh, um, and I film, you know, I've been filming all of my hunts now for three or so years. I've got like, I think I've got a hundred videos on my, on my YouTube channel. It's uh, Tony young outdoors is the, you know, youtube.com slash Tony young outdoors. But I filmed all three of those bucks. I mean, I killed 300 class bucks this past season. Uh, two of them over in that Jefferson County uh, lease um, uh, during the rut, November 17 and November 29, I, I think. And then I was basically tagged out of that lease. I can only kill two bucks. So then it, it kind of forced me to look somewhere else. And then I remembered uh, my friend had given me permission to hunt this land up in, um, up there in Jackson County that had really gotten hit by the, by the, by hurricane Michael. And so I didn't really know how it was going to be, but I went up there and uh, anyway, had success up there. So um, I'm, I, I'm thinking I can do it again. Yeah. I have to think also restricting the amount of deer that can be shot from chase. What was it? 120 deer a day <laughs> to, to five a year. Yeah. 
Well, it's 240 like, a year. Yeah. <laughs> that. 240. You could, kill, you could kill two a day for for every, every day, day of the deer season. And if you hunted down in zone A, right. you know, where it starts in uh, either, you know, late July or uh, beginning of August, like it is this year, you know, you could start down there and then and then end your season in, uh, in zone D, you know, which goes, I mean, last year it went to like March 1st, I think. So that's a lot of days. Yeah, right. it's a lot. You could slay a lot of deer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you saw that many deer, you know, I mean, you got to see them. True, true. That's very true. But some people take to where yeah. we took that uh, rule to heart <laughs> that I know of. So if they saw it, they <laughs> shot it. <laughs> right. You know. You yeah. know something that's yeah. um, it's kind of um, I can't be the only one that's that's feeling this um but you know when you when you could shoot two deer a day you you there was no way you could tag you could quote unquote tag out so i never shot i don't think i shot more than three deer in a year and this year i shot four (laughs) and so and and, but because (laughs) what i'm getting at is when this when the now that you can only shoot five deer a year now now tagging out is actually um something that is possible and it almost and again i I can't be the only one that feels this way but it it challenges me to like want to to want to tag out now um and i with good deer though but still i shot four deer so i shot more deer this past year than i've ever shot in my life and yet this was the year that i that that it was that the the, the season limit was reduced. So kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's a good thing though the way that they they did, they've done it because it, you know, I'll be honest with you, late season, uh, you know, at certain places on the Panhandle that you could uh, potentially just show up and get a tag. Uh, there was a lot of people in years past. And this year, towards the end of that season, the first first few weekends, it wasn't that way. But then after that, man, you dang near could just show up whenever you wanted to, and there were available yeah, spots. And I have to think that's because people you, tagged out. Are you out. talking about public land areas or, or? Yeah, I'm 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 so stingy with my money. I, I won't even get a lease. I just <laughs> I'm public land only, man. I, I well, can't. Man, that's, I can't no, swing that's it. all right. And I, you know, I mean, people that. <laughs> People that only hunt public land, I mean, they're arguably better hunters, you know, that you have to be, you know, you've got to be a better hunter. If you're going to be successful on public yeah. land, man, you've, you've got to be, you've got to do your scouting. You've got to know what to look for. You, you've just, you know, you've, you've got to do, you've got to do more. You've got to work harder and it, you got to be a better hunter. So, um, instead of some of, some of us private land guys, it just, uh, Put a stand up over a corn feeder, right? <laughs> I I think they're both well, they, challenging in different ways, right? I mean, if you're, it, it it Chase, you know, he he gets to name his deer and celebrate their birthdays, and you know, he has a good time, uh, you know, managing for a really good deer. And and I'm obviously making jokes at his expense, but he puts a lot of work into, uh, you know, growing quality deer. And I can personally tell you how many times we've had conversations offline about what little things he can do to make a difference. And he passes a lot of really good deer. And I don't have that. I don't have that (laughs) capability, man. (laughs) It's discipline. And it's just, it's just a different challenge. And, 
I, I applaud people who can get it done on private yeah. land just like I do on public. Well, it's just a different, well, you know, and I, it's a and different I, animal. I mean, to just kind of go with what you're saying, I, man, like I said, I shot 300 class bucks in one season, but that, that is not, that is not something that I was used to. And I just, you know, it, it, I just got to the, like, in other words, the kind of club or lease that I'm wanting to get in right now is something that's like eight pointer better, you know, at the ears, you know, two bucks per person or whatever. But let me tell you, I, if, if, if we were having this, this conversation three years ago, I, I, I wasn't at that level three years ago. Cause I, I hadn't shot, I hadn't shot that, that quality of deer yet. So, um, I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, a trophy is, is really in the eye of the beholder and it depends on what, what you're used to. I mean, to me right now, where I'm at right now, a uh, hundred, you know, a uh, 90, hundred class buck is a, is a trophy, but you know, to some, to some people though, yeah, maybe even chase, I don't know. You'll have to answer this. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe it's gotta be 120 for you. I, I don't know. And, and I, I hope to be, I hope to maybe be there one day, but I, I'm not there now. I, I, I'd be lying if I, if I did, if I told you that. Yeah, Ch- Chase has got an entirely different set of circumstances that, that he, he he's kind of in like a, this little golden pocket of Florida where he gets to pursue some really wonderful deer. Um, I, I'm I'm envious of of, what, of the habitat that he's got in that area. Um, I I simply and Chase, maybe you can tell me what what it took for you to do this, but. How do you, knowing that your properties are so small or that other people share them in deer roam, how do you, like, rest at night when you pass up on some of these deer? Like, what are you telling yourself? <laughs> well, uh, early on when I started hunting, it was, uh, I guess, just maybe through the mentors and stuff that I had. They had always kind of, it was almost always expected for you to pass on deer. Um, and, I, and I kind mm. of wish that wasn't the case early on when I started hunting. Um, because it kind of, I mean, you miss out on a lot of opportunities where you can gain experience and like, you know, when a, when a deer comes in bow season your heart's pounding a hundred thousand beats per minute or whatnot. And I I wish I would have had some of those experiences with smaller deer before I started (laughs) shooting, uh, just, just waiting on a big deer to come by and maybe not, uh, enjoying it as much back then. But since I've been uh, hunting for what I think this would be my 14th season of actually, uh, hunting. Cause I didn't grow up hunting as most people know. I started when uh, I was an adult. Uh, I I've just, I I've been able to kill, like I said, uh, being able to hunt, uh, a bunch. I mean, I hunt some public as well and I've killed some good bucks on public land too, but okay. yeah. And, uh, but I I've hunted a majority private and like I said, a, a majority of it's been right near my house. So it just makes it so convenient when, That's like I awesome. said, you can get in the truck and you're five, five to 15 minutes away from your properties. Uh, it, it makes it so much easier, but oh, yeah. I, I've shot a, I've shot a bunch of the 90 to a hundred inch bucks, uh, in that time. And I know that, and now, like you said, you, you kind of, you go through phases where, I mean, Tony might probably go through, you, you have several years of shooting 90 to 100 inch bucks and you're like, okay, well, I, I want to move up to the next class of deer. Right. And I, I've kind of done that myself where I'm like, okay, well, I want to shoot 100 inches or better. 
but then if I shoot one that's 100 inches, well, then I'm not, not just going to shoot another one that's 100 inches that year. Try better. Try right. My, my goal is to get better uh, throughout the season. And I, I know in some of the bucks that I pass, and I, I had one this past year. I mean, I had video footage footage of him. He was probably a hundred inch nine point or something. I mean, within 15 yards bow range. And I'm just videotaping him. And I was sending Walt the pics and stuff, or the videos. He's like, shoot, why aren't you shooting that deer? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, nah, I've got one that's about that size. I'm good. I was like, I got to let him grow. And then someone in that, uh, that was a lease. And someone, ended, I think someone ended up shooting him like first or second day of a muzzleloader. But if I don't pass on that deer, then uh, there is a chance that he will make it. And then that's next fine. year, I may be hunting a 120-inch nine-point because yeah, I've seen them make them big, big jumps. I've had yeah. an eight-point before that made like a 30-inch jump in one season. I mean, so yeah. – and he turned into like a world-class Florida buck. So, I mean, that that's why I'm just like, okay, well, I've got stuff to hunt – a possibility of being able to hunt them next year. If I shoot them now, then that possibility is not there. So right. that that's 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 how right. I sleep at night. <laughs> now, what, what county? What county are you in? Uh, I uh, I'm gonna bleep it out now. I'm just kidding. Uh, I am in uh, Alachua <laughs> County. Oh, okay. There is there is uh, there is some pockets of some good deer down there. There, you know, you got you got some good soil down in down in Alachua County, and uh, you know, good dirt and I know the uh, oh, what's his name, man? Uh, the alligator, the nuisance alligator trapper down there, Al, uh, Albert, down there. Okay. And and he told me because he kills some big bucks and he kills them down there in Alachua County and they're on small tracks, but they're he, it's that you definitely got some good genetics down there and some good soil, you know, and uh, and you know, um, if if you know game cameras can really help you to see what you have on your property. So the thing is, if I've got, if I've got some, if I've got a couple hundred class bucks, but then I've got 130, well then I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on the hundreds too to, to try to get that 130. But the thing is, is I didn't have, I mean, I shot what I shot were the biggest bucks on the property that year. I did take the the creme the creme de la creme on on my property. So, you know, it, it wasn't right. like I, it wasn't like I. You know, I mean, if I passed them up, there wasn't there wasn't nothing to pass them up for. So, um, but that's, you know, having game cameras, knowing what you got, and then, then you can, then you can judge. You know, then you can, you know, put what's on your hit list or whatever. I kind of hate using that term, but so many people do. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, and like I said, I know that I'm very fortunate where I'm at. So, and I understand in different areas of the state that a 70 or 80 inch buck might be a stud for that area. So right. I, I don't judge any, what anybody kills because right. it's all really, I mean, it's county by county almost in the state of Florida to what size deer that people have. So right. it, it, it's, you, you can just almost, it's kind of like the rut. It's the same thing with the rut for the most part in Florida, a lot of times. So I'm just fortunate in my area that there's bucks that can get to that, that size and yeah. probably faster than other bucks. So a three-year-old buck where I'm at may be 15, 20 inches bigger than a three-year-old buck where you're at. Right. Um, but we're both killing three or four-year-olds. So to me, right. it's more about age of the deer as well. I mean, no, I have, the horns don't matter as much, but if I can, if I can kill a real old deer, to me, that's a success as well. 
because that Joker's made it through right. a bunch of seasons and he's right. smart and all of that. And I, I find just as much joy as being able, there's a buck now that I have that this, I know he made it through last season. And I think he'll be at six and a half or so at this point. Wow. And he's, he's maxed out. Like his antlers have been maxed out for like the last three years. Like he's the same, like 110 inch deer, like nine point that he's been for three years. <laughs> well, he and, it. uh, he broke off last year. That's why I didn't take him. but <laughs> his mass, he, his mass might, he's probably getting a little bit more mass every year though. Uh, yeah, a little bit. His body size is definitely, you, you can, can just def- def- definitely, definitely tell by the body sizes, but I mean, it's the same pretty much antlers, uh, uh, every year um he's kind of like met that because i know sometimes they'll just hit a spot where they'll just keep growing the same antlers for a few years and then they'll right. kind of go on the decline but, but, I'm, but i'm but i'm i feel you i mean we're you know we're really just trying to shoot mature deer and you know four and a half years old although you know three and a half years old i'll you know if that's if if that's uh the best you got out there i'll three and a half years old is definitely mature you know it's something that that came to my mind that i wanted to just mention before i forget but you know it's it's a it's a shame how how hunters are our worst enemy with each other where you know you were just talking about how a a trophy is depending on where it's from and 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 what your experience is but you know you get somebody on facebook whatever that shoots a 60 class buck and he puts his picture up there and he's happy about it and and what what do you what kind of comments you're gonna you're gonna get on there? Oh, you should have given him two more years, and uh, you know, just that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And and it's but yet you know if a if a girl if it's a girl there with it, everybody thinks that's great, or or a kid, you know. But but it's it's gotten to where, man, I don't know about y'all, but it's it's gotten to where if I um if I if I'm on public land, and I shoot a legal buck. Of course, it's going to be legal, but but it's not really anything to take a picture of. Man, sometimes I might not even take a picture of it. Or if I do, I have to really preface on there, uh, this was taken on public land, you know, or something. Uh, because I I don't want to get all this, uh, should have given them two years, and that's a baby, and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just, it's a shame how, um, you know, how us hunters just, um, we, we just uh, at war with each other. You know, you got, you got still hunters thumbing their noses down at dog hunters. You got O hunters looking down on crossbow hunters. You got, you know, I mean, it's just meat, you know, trophy hunters uh, thumbing their nose down at meat hunters. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. I wish, uh, I wish everybody would just, just let people hunt the way they want to hunt. And if they're, if they're happy about it and it's legal, everybody should be happy about it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, there's definitely some some dissent uh, amongst the ranks. You know, the good thing is, Tony, if you ever start a podcast, just find you a co-host that shoots nothing but big bucks, and then you can just let him take all the all the blunt of all of that. Because no one argues when Chase posts a kill pick. I mean, it's just it's it's beautiful. It's just <laughs> everybody's <laughs> <No>. innocent. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, last year I shot a buck that was pushing 120 inches i think it was my fourth buck that i shot it was close to 120 inches and there was actually somebody on facebook that was like why did you shoot that deer but they weren't from florida but they weren't from florida Uh, i think they were like from the midwest or something like that and i'm like 
I, and I, but I didn't entertain, we didn't even entertain them with a response or anything right. like that. But I'm like, I was like, this is Florida. If you see 120 inch deer, there ain't too many people that are going to pass on 120 inch deer in the state I, of Florida. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I, right. in, in the United, I mean, he, so you, so you shot, you he, shot four bucks this year, uh, this past year. Yeah, I shot. Give drop drop that. I shot four total, bucks Chase. and it was four hundred and fifty <laughs> something inches worth of uh, antler this year. I wow, think. now is is that your is that your best year? Uh, yes, that is that would be my best year. Well, I, I as far as the the four meeting that total, yes, I did have a year where I shot five that was uh, over. 500 or something like that but um but yeah this year this year and then i met and then to to uh put salt on the wound i missed a probably 130 class eight point well i nicked him i nicked a 130 (laughs) class eight point so it would have been the the best year i probably ever would have had in my life um this year you would have tagged out you would have tagged out with five bucks yeah, I would have wow. taken young bucks. Five, yeah, yeah five <laughs> uh, bucks, and it would have whatever. I don't even know what it would have been at that point. But buck, buck fever. Buck yeah, fever a bunch. End, yeah, it was it was a great. It was definitely a uh, a great year. I I can't complain. I had it was no. it was an awesome season. I took three of them were with my bow. Uh, one was wow. with a with a rifle. So okay. I, I can't. I have zero zero complaints about you know, all, uh, last all season. The, all that to account. Yeah, they were all in Alachua County. Yep. Okay, man, I tell you, I, I mean, that's, you know, you're uh, That's yeah, where you need your lease, dude. That's right. <laughs> it just went for all those gators down there. Yeah, go gators. Go gators. <laughs> yeah, that's I it. <laughs> I tell you, if, 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 if we play football this year, and I tell you now, it's looking like, at first I was feeling good about it. Now, with the spike in COVID, I don't know. But I tell you, man. If we play football this year, I think the Gators are going to be really, really, really good. <laughs> Yawn. Well, I appreciate that, but yeah. Walter I'm Walter's a bulldog. Fan. Walter's a bulldog it, fan. It, it, it'd be nice if they were competitive. <laughs> hey, we're, again. You know, everybody knows. Everybody knows in, up in Tallahassee, man. We don't care about football up here. Everybody knows we're a basketball school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke this past year, right? Uh, well, why don't yeah. why don't we uh, why don't we dive into some uh, some tactics, Tony? Why don't, why don't you? I mean, you you had a great season this year. Like I said, you killed. It was your best season. So why don't you kind of uh, give us a breakdown of how that came to be? I I guess I'll start off with uh, just a little bit on that lease that I was on. Uh, it was the, it was my first time deer hunting out there. Um, and it, it, it's, it, it was a great lease, but it was something that I wasn't used to in that, um, there just, there really weren't many deer out there. I didn't think to my best guess, I think there was 20 total deer on 400 acres. That's not, that's not very much. Wow. Uh, so, so that's public guy, land numbers right yeah, there. So the guy that that got me on it he'd been out there i think it was his fifth year so he knew the land you know i didn't know the land but he did get me on the lease because because he does know that i know some stuff and so uh together we were going to try to you know uh team up and, and and make it as good as we as we could but we could only shoot two bucks each i don't think they'd ever shot more than one buck in a year out there um but 
he said, Hey, if you want to bring a guest, come out here, you know, bring them out here during one of these dough weekends and, you know, and whack a dough, whatever like that. Well, I got out there beginning archery and didn't see anything. And the second hunt didn't see anything. So, I mean, I didn't see a squirrel and, and I was used to this, uh, mm. this, uh, little 25 acre little parcel that we had for about eight years. And I shot one good buck off of it. Um, uh, in that eight years, but it was over in the Wasissa area, so kind of more a little bit south of Jefferson County or south of Monticello in Jefferson County. But, um, but good hunt down there. That though. area just had uh, good deer and turkey populations, and we always, my wife and I, just about tagged out turkeys. Um, I mean, you know, two turkeys each on 25 acres, like every spring, um, and we just we saw deer and turkey every sit. So. You could film a bunch of stuff. You you didn't you didn't get bored. I mean, you sat in the stand. Fifteen minutes later, stuff was walking out. Um, so I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to I wasn't used to sit to sitting in a stand for three hours and not seeing anything. And it happened day after day after day after day. And I was literally um, I was literally I was texting people and saying I need to I need to find out the lease man. This is this ain't this ain't working. You know, and um, the guy <laughs> told me that the rut there was like the first week in December. But it was funny how uh, in mid-November, he took a week off from work. Now, I don't know. Why, why did he do that? So, see, he, he told me he uh, he shared information with me, but I don't know if he shared everything. But but uh, I, I, but, but I'm going to tell you, he, he sat out there that the joke ended up being on him because he sat out there five days in a row. And I think hunted all day long. I mean, packed a lunch, never saw a deer. I came out there. I came out wow. there on Saturday or I think it was, um, yeah, I came out there Sunday, Sunday morning on November 17 and he was there too. And I was in there texting friends trying to find a, another, another lease. And all of a sudden a, um, a doe comes out and I'm like, Oh wow. I'm actually seeing a deer. And I mean, it wasn't even, I don't think it was even a minute later and out of the, from the same uh, trail, just a shooter buck. I mean, there was no doubt. And, uh, a wide eight point. And I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, so as quick as I could, um, before buck fever could set in and all that, as quick as I could, uh, get the gun up, and I knew it was a shooter. I didn't need to count points and get all nervous about that. I just, I mean, it was a, he had a big set of horns and a big body. And I just, as soon as I put it on the shoulder, I pulled the trigger. And um, I just, and he ended up being, uh, I think he was 16 inches wide inside spread. Um, the tines weren't that long, but, um, you know, he ended up being, you know, he grossed 100 something inches, um, but 100 and, 78 pounds and that's 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 real weight wow we wait uh that's not judging or guessing or that's taking him to the processor and putting him up on the scale 178 pounds uh big i mean big deer and uh big body deer but um i just you know that lease was when i said there i think there was 20 deer i think there was a dozen bucks and eight does and so the ratio was better than one to one, uh, buck to doe. 
and it really it really made you know that that ratio like that really made the bucks have to have to get off you know get up and go look for does and 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 to compete for does and so i think having a good ratio you know having a you know a more even ratio like that really helps when when the rut comes and i tell you the i shot the next deer a nine point out of the same stand and by and by the way that first year I shot, that was the first time I even hunted that stand. And, and it was interesting because my partner mm. had those, he had some of those uh, game cameras out there that sent pictures to his phone and he would share, share it with me. I don't know. If, again, I don't know if he shared all of them, but, but it seemed to me that he was always kind of hunting where the buck was and was always kind of like a day late almost. And I wanted to know from him, where are you seeing most of the does? And he said, well, I'm seeing most of those over here. And I'm thinking to myself, that's where I want to hunt. Because when the rut kicks in, that's where he's going to show up. And uh, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, I I think it was on the 29th of November, sitting in the same stand, uh, another a, a nine point came in that weighed, I think he's about 170. I didn't actually measure that or weigh him, but he came in from um, that buck came in from the walked in downwind for me on the same trail that I'd walked in on, and it just I, I learned at that least that when you didn't hardly ever see a deer, but when you thought you were when you when you saw a deer coming in, get your gun up because it's going to be a shooter. I mean that's how it was. I mean it was all or nothing, mm. and uh, and I you know, I had to be all right with that. You know, it was, this wasn't the least where you're going to see deer every single sit, but it was going to be one of those deals where matter of fact, I had, I had um, made plans this year that I wasn't even going to hardly hunt until November because I got burnt out. I was burnt out hunting September and October and wasn't seeing anything and really was just putting my scent all over the place. And, uh, it wasn't going to happen until uh, mid-November when that first doe came into heat. But, but I did learn – I learned something this year also that – and I'm not – just to let everybody, the listeners know, I, I'm not pro-staff anything. I, I'm not endorsed by any products. Um, you know, I don't get products sent to me for free or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I try different things, and I don't know, you know, except for, you know, except for corn and whatever, I don't – I don't know too many things that are really like, you know, that I'm really going to put my uh, reputation on is, is will work. But I tell you, my, my friend, uh, Chris Berry, who we, he's from Tampa, but we, we talk, I mean, he, man, he's so, he's so into deer and turkey like I am that we talk all the time and share information and really just try to learn as much as we can, um, about the animal and, and how to hunt them. But he told me about this stuff called, and again, I'm not, I'm not endorsed by this company, but, uh, this stuff called Evercom. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. And, and man, mm-hmm. yep. you know, comes in like a deodorant stick stuff. I tell you, I mean, maybe it was just a coincidence that I killed, you know, that I had my best deer season this year. But man, I used that for the first time. And like my friend said, it doesn't, the, the one I use, I think there's different ones, but the Evercom I use, it, it doesn't attract deer, but it, because it's not, the, it's not the dough and heat smell. It's just a deer smell. And, but when they smell it, 
it it lets them know or lets them think that some deer had just passed through and they can tell that they that they're not um they weren't on alert so they feel calm when they come in and i tell you what man it 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 worked uh it sure didn't hurt and that that nine point came walk on the i mean when i after i shot there i went and looked back his his paw prints were in my boot track so wow i mean it really it he came in downwind from me so that stuff that stuff really works um i think and um again it's not it's not attracting the deer but i think it really does a great job of of covering of covering your scent like that and and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a you know a, a stick of that every every season you can bet that um but i think um and just trying to like teach somebody something um you know i i think when the rut's gonna hit you need to you need to you need to you need to be where the does are gonna be um i think that's you know instead of instead of trying to chase that buck you need to be where you need to get ahead of the buck and be where that buck is going to be um when the time comes and uh you know of course always uh, or never hunt a bad wind you know um and hopefully you've got different stands set up for, for different winds so that you can hunt you know when you want to when time allows you know your job and your family and whatnot but if it doesn't you know and 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 the and it's the only chance of you going hunting this day, but you're going to have a bad wind. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay home. Um, but only hunt a good wind and, you know, do all you can to, um, you know, wash your clothes. And I mean, I, I wash my, all my stuff in, you know, scent free detergent. I use the scent free, you know, dryer sheet. Um, I use, um, uh, you know, scent free, you know, deodorant, um, you know, Arm and Hammer is what I end up using. Um, shower in um, scent-free dove, I think. So, you know, it's very important to, you know, it's funny, not to you guys and not to probably most of these hunters that are listening, but, you know, for, to the to the common person, the non-hunter, it seems weird to take a shower before you go hunting. You know, most of it's like, why wouldn't you take a shower after you right. get out of the woods, you know? But, but we all take a shower before we go hunting, um, you know, so that we are as scent free as we can. And I keep my clothes, my hunting clothes in a, and, and we wash all of our clothes. I mean, my wife and I both, I mean, all of our laundry is, is in scent free. So if I'm, if I'm at work or something and I'm wearing whatever I'm wearing to work and I'm going to skip out, you know, an hour and go and go sit in the stand and just put my coveralls over it, you know, um, it doesn't matter because all the clothes that I have are, they're all scent free. So everything, all of our clothes, hunting clothes and non-hunting clothes, all, all scent free. And I keep my hunting clothes in like one of those Rubbermaid totes. And especially around Christmas time when we get the Christmas tree, I will trim the tree and I will put in those little branches of those little pine branches in my, in within the layers of my clothes so that I smell like a pine tree. I think that helps. And it's, and, and uh, Walt, since you're cheap, I think that's, it's free, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, but yeah, <laughs> Tony, uh, r- real quick, I I just wanna I wanna pry on this a little bit. Florida's wind condition sucks. We'll just call it what it is, and it seems like getting a consistent wind is damn near yeah. impossible. Ha- is that the same case everywhere, or is it just in the Red Hills? I mean, what do you, What do you think I, about that? Yeah, I I agree with you. And unless 
now if it's kind of if you've got kind of a a fairly consistent strong wind i mean not real strong but then that seems to be you know that that seems you know that's a little bit better as far as being consistent on on the direction that it's blowing but a lot of times when you don't have that much wind it tends to kind of swirl uh sometimes and i mean you really can't right. i mean you really can't do anything about that you know um now you know what i mean i mean if you're you can get up as high as you feel comfortable getting up i mean i've the older i've gotten the more you know i'm kind of scared of heights i i don't really i'm i'm fine 15 feet up but i really don't i really don't like to be any higher than that um i just don't feel as i just don't feel as comfortable but i know some guys get up 25 30 feet up in the you know up in the air i i don't want to do that anymore but um um you know getting up high i think can help you but you know i mean all you can do is and i use that hunt stand app on my phone and it it shows you which way the wind's blowing and but you know i've even got one of those little i don't know what it's called the little thing that it if you squeeze the little bottle and it little chalk puffs up whatever but but what's mm-hmm. that gonna wind checker if, if you're already committed and you're already sitting in a stand and because the wind's blowing in your favor and then all of a sudden you know you you take your little wind your little puffer thing out your chalk and you blow it and now it blows the other what are you gonna do you're gonna get down i mean so it's you you know you've got to you've got to just use your technology and see you know which where the where the wind is coming from and you just gotta you know and and what's good about that app too if you have it or and that's not the only one but you can it shows you the forecast and like how the wind direction is going to change during the time that you are going to be on stand so that's you you got to make sure that it's going to be a good wind direction the whole time you're going to be there um so that that can help do you feel like all the steps you take to control your scent is uh, to put the ads the the odds in your favor considering the unfavorable wind, or do you ever feel kind of defeated in the fact that uh, I mean even some of those consistent days uh, the wind you know those days that are still breezy you know enough to to go one direction it still seems like it swirls. I kind of got for a while there where I just kind of gave up trying to mitigate my scent because it was just seemed like it was going to get blown everywhere. You, you, you must feel kind of the opposite. Like if it's going to be blown everywhere, let well, me try and reduce I, it. I mean, you always, you always want to reduce, you know, your, your scent with, like I said, with, um, taking a shower with scent free soap and, and, you know, and making sure your clothes are scent free and, and, uh, and, and using that ever calm that I just told you about. I, I really think that helped, but, um, you know, I, I'm out there in the stand and the wind changes direction and there's deer out there in front of me and they're not, they're not really smelling me. I mean, maybe sometimes you'll see them pick their nose up, up, but they don't, you know, that, and, and they'll look, you know, you know, how they'll look at you and they'll put their head down and look back and see if, see if they can catch you moving. Um, you know, who knows, who knows if there was a mature buck that's got a lot better nose than, than those deer that I never knew was just on the edge of the woods. You know, I, I don't right. know. I mean, we we'll, we'll never know how many mature bucks busted us because they don't, you know, they they don't sit there and blow and 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 stomp and 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 alert all the other deer like those do. They just worry about themselves and they and you, you never know they were there. So so I don't know. I, I'm not really sure right. how many times a mature buck smelled me that I didn't know smelled me. Um, but. I've had, like I said, plenty of 
younger, you know, yearling uh, bucks and does in the field, and the wind would swirl, and they were like 30 yards away from me, and they they didn't it didn't bother them. So I I feel like I'm I mean maybe you know maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like I'm I'm doing I'm doing pretty good with scent control. Interesting. I, I it's always it's always been something that's interesting to me because. It seems to be a, a something that people just have to find some way of of coping with, and then moving on in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's the whole state though. No. Uh, What's it get, like for you down here? We get more consistent winds. Um, I feel really like the number one scent problem that we have whenever I feel like if I'm getting winded or whatnot is humidity. Like I think humidity plays a big factor in because hmm. I'll notice kind of early season. Uh, I'll be, uh, for some reason, I'll be getting, uh, winded and stuff by, by your does. And heck I've seen, I've had bucks wind me, like I said, they don't make noises, but I've seen them in the woods, like throw their head up and look around. And then all of a sudden they go, no, I'm not coming in that direction. Uh, a lot more early season when it's hot, humid out. But then as soon as it cools down, it's almost like a totally different game where I've had deer come in downwind of me. I've had all, all, all kinds of times where I'm just not getting, it doesn't seem like they're as on edge as much as it is with the humidity that we deal with uh, early season. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really the humidity. I think it's the fact that you, you just, you know, when it's hot like that, man, we can we can put on deodorant and all that, but we're still we're stinking, you know. I mean, so I, we'll I don't stink. know if it's really the yeah. humidity. It's just the fact that you we're putting out more odor when it's hot than when it's cold, and I, I really think that that's what it has to do with. Well, I feel just that the scent like kind of lingers more lingers. than wind, especially because yeah. there's not a lot of wind when it's it seems like early season either is not as much, especially when there's like no wind and there's humidity. I've seen, like I said, you use your little windicator and it just goes everywhere. Like it, there's no direction. It just 360 degrees or whatever around. I've seen it go 360 around <laughs> me and been, been winded by a buck before where I thought I had the wind in my favor a hundred percent and uh, didn't have it. Cause I mean, you, you're on the spectrum where you're like a hundred percent scent control. And then I don't, per, I don't even practice scent control. Huh? I don't take a sh- I don't take a scent free shower. I mean, now some of my stuff is scent free, like my clothes, but I just uh, I, I like we just we do that more of like a health thing where you don't have a bunch of chemicals and everything else what you're washing your clothes in and stuff. But I don't practice near the the scent control that uh, a lot of people um, do, um, and I haven't found that to be a hindrance for me either. So I mean, I've had good success, but I'm not saying that. Maybe if I did practice more scent control, who knows? Maybe I'd kill the state record. I don't know, but uh, well, I don't, um, I don't, <laughs> and I don't think what I'm, what I, you know, I may do a little bit more than you, but like what I'm doing isn't it hard to do. I mean, it's just right. It's just buying, you know, buying soap that that doesn't have a smell, and just taking a shower, and and even like even shampooing your hair with um with scent free you know, shampoo. And I mean, that's all I'm really doing that you're not doing. And that's not, I mean, it's not like I'm using Ozonics or anything, you know, one of those things. I don't, I'm right. not doing that. Yeah. Well, that's just another big thing to carry and make mm-hmm. you sweat more <laughs> in Florida. It seems like, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're trying to carry camera gear and everything else. 
um, that Ozonics yeah. unit is going <laughs> is really going to weigh you down at that point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting one of those. Now. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't feel like I need it. And like you said too, it's like we're not only are we bringing up our, you know, our our gun or our bow, but we've we've got our camera equipment as well. And that, you know, that, that's that takes. The- yeah, screw more weight. I'll just say it. I'm not. I'm not toting it, and I'm not paying that much for the privilege of toting it either. To be honest with you, three hundred dollars for a unit that doesn't that you still have to buy a spare battery to to run it during the entire time. Man, that's just. I'm not interested, man. I'll be honest I, well, with I don't, you. I don't, you know, I, I, I get things, I buy things as a need to buy, you know, like I need to, if I, so if I'm, right. if I'm doing okay, then I don't need it. But all of a sudden, if it gets to where it's like, okay, I, I messed that up or something, you know, okay, now I, I think, you know what, I think this will help me. Now. Sure. I need to get this, you know, so that's how I do it. I, I go, I go until I need something and um, I haven't. Maybe one day I'll need Ozonics, but I, I don't feel like I need it right now. There you go. I'm, I'm curious, Tony, if, it, you know, we have a lot of Florida listeners here, um, a lot of new hunters in general, but it seems, it seems like the majority of the new hunters that are reaching out to us are from Florida. Um, for these aspiring people who are getting into hunting, what, what advice do you have for them with regards to hunting? And we're Florida talking deer hunting, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean – I mean, besides getting, you know, the, getting, uh, the proper license and permits and, and, uh, and looking, you know, um, knowing the regulations and whatever, I mean, if you can, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that you can, that you can learn from, especially on YouTube and whatever. Um, there's, uh, Tony, yeah, that or subscribe. Um, well, you know, yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> There, you know, you can learn some stuff by watching some of the, you know, some of the hunting TV shows. Um, maybe you've got a, maybe you've got a friend that, that, that hunts and, and, and you can learn from that person, uh, kind of like as a, have them kind of be a mentor. But I would say, uh, you know, look at if, if, I mean, try to get, pub, uh, try to get some private land if you can. And, and, you know, um, and it doesn't have to be, if it's deer hunting, it doesn't have to be, it, it, it can be a small, it can be, you know, like I said, one of my, one of my spots this year is going to be on five acres, you know, but hopefully it's going to be in, in the right enough of an area to, to where I can pull some deer off of it. But, um, you know, try to try to, you know, always try to get some private land. And I, I kind of equate that to like back, you know, being in middle school at like a dance, you know? You'd have to ask at least, at least for me. Maybe not. Maybe you guys better looking than me. But uh, uh, I, I, I'd have to ask. I had to ask like a hundred girls to dance uh, before one of them finally said yes. You know. So, um, it, and and that's yeah. the same way with private land. I mean, like, don't be, don't be embarrassed or you know, look for an opportunity. I mean, I'll see somebody at Publix. There'll be somebody in the line in front of me, and they're like, if they say something about, they might be mentioning to the cashier. Oh yeah, you know, we got a farm in Jefferson County, I'll say, Oh, you don't say, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll strike <laughs> up a conversation and nobody's ever been offended by that. But, um, in most cases, you know, they, they, they don't want me to hunt it or they're, they're already hunting it or somebody else is hunting it. But every now and then somebody will say, um, sure. Uh, here's my phone number. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. So, um, and if you can, if you can, uh, offer, if you can, if it's a win-win for that for that person, whether it's somebody who's like an absentee landowner that 
if you could just mow their roads for them, that would be helpful. Maybe they like to eat deer meat, but they don't want to shoot it themselves. So you, you, you give them half the deer or something. Um, uh, maybe, you know, there's some punk kids that have been drinking beer and maybe growing dope on their land. And, and because they're an absentee landowner and maybe by you being there and, and having more, uh, you know, coming on the land a lot more often, that's going to drive the voice. So yeah. if you can, if you can offer something or paying the property taxes, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, though, with t- today's in today's day and age, everybody's so worried about liability and getting sued, and that's the that's the tough part. But but I would I would uh, I would you know keep trying to find some some private property. But in the meantime, you know, find the the public land areas that you are willing to drive to. You know, that are close enough that you're willing to drive to. And then you know, the best thing to do is to is to really you know look on an aerial aerial photograph you know google earth whatever and uh and and look at the area and and look at the um at the at the different habitats and see where the see where the upland pines you know meet some of these hardwood drains you know you can tell by the by by the by the color of the trees and and see some of these like openings that might be uh near there and but that's where you know that's where deer and turkey are going to be they're edge species and so they're going to be between those habitats and so if you can if you can first find some spots like that um on a map on an area that's close by to you then you know mark those down and then get in your get in your vehicle and and drive out there and 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 look at it look at the areas and and start looking for sign um you know i um i can i can kind of bridge into the that third deer that I, that I killed that third buck that I killed this year, I was telling y'all and, and it wasn't on public land, but the, the, um, how I went about it is still the same thing that you would go about it on, on public land. But I, um, I hadn't been on this property since the hurricane, since hurricane Michael. So I didn't know what to expect, but I tagged out of my lease. I still wanted to hunt. So I drove out there. I had a real cheap ladder stand with me. I had a 50-pound bag of corn. I think I had a camera, game camera. Well, I got to the gate where you used to be able to open the gate and drive through. Couldn't even – I could barely walk down the driveway. I mean, I had to duck vines and over branches, and it was it was, uh, it was was tough. Um, I got to the first little – this first little clearing. It was about a half acre. And – I'd never seen so much deer sign in a half acre. I mean, I saw so so the stuff you're going to be looking for on public lands, the same same thing I saw there. I I saw, I think there was six active scrapes and like twelve rubs, you know, and all within a half acre. And there were deer tracks everywhere, and there was deer poop everywhere. I mean, it was like it was their toilet. I mean, it was it was I'd never I'd never to this day seen so much buck sign in a, in a half acre spot. And I looked at my phone and I looked at where mm. my truck was. I was only 90 uh, yards from my truck, but I, wow. I'll, I'm always, I'm always ready to hit the easy button if I can. And so I literally was like, you know, I don't know what's beyond this little opening right here, but you know, I had 30 acres to hunt and I was only hunting on like the first five. And I don't, again, I don't know what was be behind that, 
but there was so many things that were blown down and I just knew that I knew that it was happening right here. And I knew that I could slip in here without making too much noise. But if I went any further and tried to, that it would just be tough to, to slip in somewhere if I went any further than this little first opening. But to me, it was clear that it was happening right here and there was no food plot. There was no minerals. There was no feeder. There was no corn. There was, there was nothing. It was, it was not bucks were naturally using that area and it was like a transition area. And so I, I really, I really treated it like public land. Um, I, I saw, I saw where the main trails were coming in and where, you know, I used how, how the, you can, you can tell, you can tell how, you know, what direction the buck's walking by the side of the tree that he's rubbing. That's the side that he's, that he's, that he's facing. So I, I, I read the rub line. I saw these scrapes. I knew where to, I, I placed the camera where I could catch two scrapes in one shot. And I literally stood where I thought the shot was going to take place. And that is where the shot took place. And I, and I turned around and I found the tree. And that's how I find the tree. I stand where I think the shot's going to be. And then I look and I go, there it is right there. So I, because the canopy was so low, I only brought in two ladder pieces. I didn't even bring in the third one. So I'm only 10 feet off the ground. Um, and I decided to leave the bag of corn in the truck because I said to myself, you know, they're coming, they're coming through here right now as is. And I think if I throw anything out there, it's just going to alarm a big mature buck and it's going to mess me up. So I think my best bet is to quietly put the stand up and to just come back, slip in and out whenever the wind was right. And that's what I did. And I, I think it was the fourth or fifth hunt when I killed that, that big buck. And I saw deer every sit. And, um, but that's, that was private land, but that's how you do it on, on public land is, is, is you, you know, you don't have the luxury of, 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 of putting a food plot or, or having a feeder and, and making them come to you. You have to go to where they're going to go and it's different food sources and a lot of times they're just really skirting, they're really skirting these, uh, in between these habitats. Um, you know, you got an island of trees over here and you got, you know, a different habitat right here. And they're just, they're walking that edge. And you can tell where they're walking that edge because of the, the poop they're leaving, the, the tracks they're leaving, the rubs, the scrapes. And, and then you just got to um, uh, know where your approach is going to be. Um, try to again try to visualize where where you think where you think the the deer is going to be when you shoot him and then stand there and then look back and find your tree and uh and put your stand up or mark it or whatever you're going to do and um and just hunt it when the wind is right you know and um that's that's the advice i would give that's awesome man i think that's some solid advice i i think that the creature of edge thing is critical. It, it, you know, finding, finding those areas where deer are going to uh, travel. It's very difficult. I, I didn't make that connection until several years into my hunting that, you know, a big open expanse of monoculture habitat is not going to help funnel those deer quite like an edge between, like you said, the pines and right. the swamp. I mean, that's just, right. that's money. They want, they like variety. And, 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 and there's, you know, yep. when you've got, uh, the more habitat, the more variety of habitat. And that's another thing too. If you can find, 
we talked about what you just said, like two habitats coming together. But man, if you can, if there's like four habitats that are coming together, that's even better. You know, I mean, if you got upland mm-hmm. pines and then like a clearing and then, you know, some hardwoods and then a swamp and it all comes together, it's all touching. That that's, that's, I mean, the more, the better, more habitat, the better. I mean, there's, there's more variety. There's more food sources. They've got, um, you know, sunlight penetrating the ground and, and uh, on that clearing it part of it where they can, um, where they can, you know, get some good browse. Uh, but then they can escape into the woods, you know, um, where they can take some cup and where they can bet. So it's, but that's what, you know, you, you find that mainly with, with that aerial photograph and, and when you see some good spots, then go out there and, and see for yourself and, and, and look for that sign. And, uh, and that's, that's how you can kind of narrow it down. And, and you should have, you know, you should have more than one spot just in case, you know, you get there that morning and there's already another public lane hunter sitting, you know, sitting near there, you know, you need to, you know, as etiquette would have it, you know, you, you need to move, move off a little bit from that, from where that person is. So, so you want to have some backups, but, but that's, that's, yeah, that's what I would give. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, deer hunting is, it, it, it really doesn't take that much money. You know, it's not like, I mean, I deer hunt, I, I turkey hunt, I, I gator hunt, but like, I don't, I'll go quail hunting if you invite me, you know, I'll go dove hunting if you invite me, but that's a lot more. I mean, you've got to have, you've got to have a field and you've got to have a crop and you've got to, you know, that's, that's a lot, you know, you got dogs for quail. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot more, um, money intensive to, to do that kind of hunting, but really, um, deer hunting, I mean, you need a, you need a stand and a, and a gun and, and some, I mean, you don't even need camo really. I mean, it helps, but you really need just some earth tone clothes, um, and, uh, that are set free and you just need to be still, you know, um, and you can be successful. I mean, it's, it's, it can be, you know, it might be boring for some people initially. You're talking about like a new hunter. If they're going to, if, if their first experience hunting is going to be deer hunting, I mean, it, you know, I mean, how many times is somebody going to sit on public land, you know, and, before they just go, this isn't very, you know, this isn't much fun, you know, if they, if they don't see anything, heck, heck, I could have taken, Years. I could have taken people out to my expensive lease, <laughs> you know, I was telling you about, I went out there and I, I sat 10 times, didn't even see a deer, heck, I could have taken somebody out there to, yeah. to that expensive lease and uh, they would have not liked hunting because it was boring, it, nothing, yeah. you didn't, I mean, you know, I mean, think about it, I mean, like some people like my kids or something, it's like, what what's so fun about this, you got to get up early in the morning, you got to go out there. You got to be quiet, be still. <laughs> and for what? You don't even see anything, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, you, you got to stick with it. And, and that's why, you know, there are some programs out there, you know, with the state for, for youth, you know, and for women that, that kind of, um, can give some of these, um, new hunters, uh, a, a better, a better hunting experience, hopefully where, where they can, uh, you know, see some game and have a, a more opportunity to, um, to take an animal and to and to get hooked on the sport and to want to do it again. Well, Tony, I want to be sensitive to your time. We've we've taken up a little over an hour now, and I think what we're going to have to do next is I think the three of us are going to have to find time to sit down, 
crack a cold Coca-Cola or beer, whatever your preference is, and do this next one live because I think we could go on for quite some time. But where where can everybody find everything Tony Young if if, if they're well, sold after this episode? Um, my uh, my um, my band stuff. You know, if if you wanna if you wanna check out uh, any of my music Send or it. if you wanna see. You know, if you want to see where we're playing, we play a lot around the uh, around this Panhandle area. Uh, I got a band called the Young Bucks, uh, but um, is the uh, it's Tony Young Country, like country music. So that's that's Facebook, and that's YouTube. And then if you want to see uh, if you want to see some of my hunting videos, then that's on YouTube. That's Tony Young Outdoors. So Tony Young Country, Tony Young Outdoors. Chase and Tails Nation, I'm asking you guys to go check out Tony Young. Show him some love and uh, watch his videos from this past year. He shoots some remarkable deer for this for this area, and I, I drip with envy every time I, I think about uh, how, how much fun he had last year compared to what a struggle it was for me. So, Tony, I appreciate you taking time out, out of your evening to talk with us, and hopefully yeah, man, we can do I, it again here soon. I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, and um, hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> I, got, I always – I mean, I can do this You're all good. Hours, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just really – I'm very passionate about hunting and I, I want to learn as much as I can uh, about it. And I'm willing to always teach anybody, whatever I might know. Right on, man. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to have you back on. I appreciate appreciate you. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.